Is it possible to astrally project? If I can stop Big Ben, will I stop time itself? Mm. Answers to these questions and more on this episode of This This Paranormal Live! Hey! Hey, Welcome back to the podcast. It's Tuesday once again. You're listening to This Paranormal Life, the only podcast where every week we dissect a different paranormal tale, case, or claim and get to the bottom of whether it is truly paranormal or not. And you are joined by myself, Mr. Kate Greer, this professional paranormal investigator right over here, Mr. Roy Pars. Hello, everyone. How are you doing today? Very excited for this week's episode. Oh, you shouldn't be. Oh really? Yeah, a bit of a donor, have to say, a bit of a donor. But in what in what's in like a paranormal way? Like this the, is like more the ghost a, has like was his family was killed. And no, no, no. This is more just like a, this is actually very much this is your life kind of sixty minutes. Like we're gonna go deep into your past. Oh, but the, like the ghost from my past, like all the crazy creatures mostly just the bad shit you've done in your life all right some of the good shit mostly the bad shit we're just going to focus on all the embarrassing stuff over the years if anything paranormal turns up great okay if not well uh, look i don't know if this is going to come up or not but i'll just get the little bit of defense before we start if you're going to spend that long on the jungle gym you can't you can't bagsy the swings so that's all i'm going to say he broke park law (laughs) i don't know if that's going to come up but um is this to do with that gorilla thing or like what what are you talking about right now um i don't okay. know because you're talking about bad shit i've done in my past well i guess we might as well bring it but like what age were you then that makes makes this so bad this was were like a child? three weeks ago oh so you're a grown man yeah wait was this not so this wasn't in your notes oh so you don't know about shit. this i'm gonna probably need to actually let's ah! just circle back we can no, let's, start let's recording breeze on, let's breeze on let's breeze on uh ooh, what about my past or whatever <laughs> Like, compared to my future, my past is sparkling clean. I'm just going to say one more thing. Uh, The little shit was begging for it. Uh, He deserved everything that he got. So, continue, though. But I don't regret anything. I want that on the record. Okay, I was going to just move past it, but you keep bringing it up time and time again. He was eight, but he fought like a nine-year-old. You fought him? You should not admit to that. He fought like a nine-year-old, a.k.a. I beat the living shite out of him. It was easy. As always in this podcast, we do not dilly-dally around. Today, we're going to jump right into it. And first up, thank you to Emily McDonald for sending this one in. It's the 40s, and we're on the high seas of the Atlantic Ocean. Aboard a ship, a massive ship with hundreds of crew. It's night, and it's stormy. And deep under the deck, in the metal maze of the hull, is one John Petter, an 18-year-old cabin boy, fresh to the world of sailing the high seas. Well, he's doing the rounds down there with the other crewmates, when they decided to play a game of chicken with one of the watertight doors, door number 13. This door, as its name implies, is capable of shutting in the event of flooding to stop water going any further into the boat. It is a huge metal door. They're seeing who can let the door close the furthest before sliding through Indiana Jones style to the other side. Very cool. Mm -hmm. I'm into this. You know, these, these guys probably have like you know, cool old-timey sailor outfits. They probably got, like, anchor tattoos, maybe a heart with mum tattoo in the other oh, side. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We're talking about, like, missing legs from the last round of who can <laughs> slide through the door before it shuts. John's like, hey, how come I'm the only guy with two legs around this place? <laughs> They're like, shut up, newbie. Shut up, newbie. You'll <laughs> learn. Get over there and try. It's like, okay, Johnny Double Hook Hands. <laughs> <laughs> He's basically like mostly wooden hook He's at this point. Yeah. Wood. Being the new kid, John hasn't done it before, but he wants to join in to fit in. 
So as the crew are laughing and jumping through right before it closes, it comes to his turn. He breathes deep a few times, watches the door open and close, and runs at it. Except he trips almost instantly, and by the time he should be out the other side, he's stuck. He looks to his right. He's right in the middle of the door. The other crew yell for him to move, and then... John Petter is cut clean in half. Oh my god! Some say it was a simple accident. Others say that he was actually held down in the doorway by the other crew members. Whoa, that escalated quickly. It's like an initiation or something. Uh, Not really, because that initiates something. Like a hazing, maybe? Yeah, that's pretty harsh hazing. (laughs) To end your life yeah it's pretty bad that's kind of like you know getting all the pledges to like drink a dirty pint mm-hmm. and while you're all chanting and then as soon as they finish you just stab them <laughs> it's like <laughs> congratulations welcome to the brotherhood you're just kind of like poking the, the dead body it's kind of a it's a harsh hazing i would say but again these are pirates they're not men of the land, they're men of the sea. Yeah, I mean, I don't think they would call themselves pirates, but in my book, if you're on in the 40s and you're on, that's long enough ago that if you're on a big old ship sailing the seas, you're a pirate to me. Absolutely. Fair, fair enough. Christopher Columbus, absolutely a pirate. A pirate. Long John Christopher, I call him. He was enough of a bastard to be a pirate anyway. Yeah, he did gank a lot of shit, so like, <laughs> to that's say the least, He ganked a lot of people's lives more than anything. Could you imagine if, like, all of these years, like, granted, it's he's quite a horrible person, but mm. in a lot of places in the world, he's still revered as, like, this fantastic sure. explorer. Can you imagine if uh, one day they're like, oh, my God, like, they finally unearthed, like, an actual early artistic impression of, <laughs> of him as he approached the seas for the first time. And it's just this picture of him, like, yahar, like, full-on beard parrot. Like, where did he even get the parrot? That's not native. <laughs> There's, there's, you could imagine the kind of national treasure style scene if you're in the Library of Congress and you're going through the original letters that Christopher Columbus wrote back to, you know, Europe. Yeah. And then you, you blow some dust off it and someone's just like tipexed out all the yarhars yeah. out of the original letters. It was like <gasps> every sentence began with yarhar. <laughs> he was an actual pirate all along. <laughs> That's right, was he held on? Was it an accident? All we know is that to this day, if you're lucky, you can see the ghost of a young man in white overalls haunting door 13 on this very ship. So today, we are talking about somewhere actually a little bit more fitting for us than usual. Way too often we're talking about dusty old ranches, dirty old graveyards, haunted mansions that are just falling apart. When, for classy gents like us, these are simply not the kinds of places that we usually hang out or want to investigate. Sadly, we don't get to investigate very many country clubs or spas. Yeah, because we're not welcome there anymore, which is horseshit, personally. There aren't many ghosts in Michelin-starred restaurants, unfortunately. No. But thank God today we're going somewhere extremely classy, extremely sophisticated, and that is the RMS Queen Mary 2. Have you heard of this thing? No, I haven't. One of the finest ships ever built. 80,000 tons of floating luxury. It is over 1,000 feet long, 23 stories tall, can sleep over 2,000 people. In 1936, when it was built, it was the largest ocean liner ever made. It was like twice the size of the Titanic. Wow. Oh my God. Okay. So this is a big, big, big boat. A a thousand feet long. It's gigantic. Wow. The legend goes 
that the builders wanted to name this ship after Queen Victoria. So they went to King George at the time and asked him for permission to name the boat after Britain's greatest queen. And he said, brilliant, Mary will love that. Mary, they're going to name the ship after you, love. Savage. (laughs) But no one had the heart to tell King George that they didn't mean Mary, they meant Victoria. Oh my God. Is that true? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) It's a good story. Mary, they're going to name a boat after you. What kind of boat? It's like the biggest one there's ever been. It's fat as hell. <laughs> you are. Oh, you love it. Floats on the water like a big fat dead swan. It had it all. Swimming pools, beauty salons, libraries, nurseries, a music studio, a lecture hall, dog kennels, car garages. Jesus. Honestly, I'm starting to get a few ideas about a cruise ship based commune. But we can talk about that later. That is a great idea, brother, because we are. Th- then we can go out to international waters. Yes. That's very smart. It, we, we've been getting some legal advice. Thankfully, there's a few legal experts out there in the commune. Yeah. And they've been telling us that what we are doing is largely not above board. Uh, so we need to bring it below board in the vicinity of door 13, very deep underneath <laughs> the surface of the deck. Absolutely. Because I don't know if you know this, but a boat floats on water yeah um which means the majority of the boat is underwater yeah and that falls out of human jurisdiction Mm -hmm. and into the realms of atlantis yes sea world if you will Mm -hmm. they have different rules there they don't frown so much upon you know our everyday activities monkey knife fights Mm -hmm. very illegal gambling yeah Um, a lot of gambling actually horse knife fights Any sort of animal knife fights. Yeah. Sort of drug trafficking. Um, Just, we have to make money. Yeah, you gotta make make money money. somehow. So, Jesus, so sue us. So sue us, uh, uh, Poseidon. Oh, but he won't, because he loves it. He absolutely loves it. You don't think he's down there doing little seahorse knife fights? (laughs) (laughs) Duct taping little blades to their weird hooves? Starfish knife fights. It's great because they cut off one little arm and it grows back the next day. Swordfish sword fights? They've got it all down there. (laughs) This ship truly saw it all. It crossed the Atlantic hundreds of times. It was even drafted into the war where it carried soldiers and royalty alike. Winston Churchill even said that the Queen Mary II helped so much in the 40s that it shortened the Second World War by a full year. It is infuriating that everyone remembers the boat that was shit. Like, everyone remembers the Titanic. There's a Titanic movie. There's a Titanic museum. Yeah. That was the the worst boat of all time. Yeah. It was was trash. It's famous for how spectacularly garbo it was. Yeah, it it didn't make one journey, one measly journey across the Atlantic. Isn't that so weird? Like, that doesn't happen anywhere else. Yeah. Like, think about Neil Armstrong, the first guy to walk on the moon. Yeah. if I had tried to go to the moon and I completely biffed it, I crashed the plane and then like shat my spacesuit. That wouldn't make me more famous than Neil Armstrong. No. <laughs> that makes absolutely me that not. makes me a bad astronaut. It does. I think it's because the Titanic had Leonardo DiCaprio on it. I think if Leonardo DiCaprio had tried to get to space and shit himself and crashed, maybe that would also be one of the best-selling movies of all time. It's a good point. Anything Leo has his paws in is automatically one of the greatest things of all time. Yeah. These days, it's kind of sad. It's just like vaping, yeah. <laughs> being middle-aged. It's a really good point, though. Uh, like, you know, in the movie, 
It was all about Jack and Rose's romance. If they'd been on the Queen Mary 2, they would have had a way better time. They would have Jack had, would still be alive. They would have ba- There's a... There's a... You say there's a f***ing theme park on this bad boy? There is everything. There's a beauty salon. There's dog kennels. Imagine that. I, I, a three-hour movie where they just have a great cruise. That would that be... That sounds a- great. <laughs> You can bang in the cars in the garage. You can uh, uh, bang in the wave pool or just jump overboard, bang in the waves. A little more dangerous, but I honestly think that would have sold more movie seats. I think what we were just describing is some sort of porn version of the Titanic (laughs) where the boat never actually sinks. So they just bang all the way from point A to point B. Is anyone making this? (laughs) The movie ends. You're like, that just had nothing to do with the Titanic. All it was, it was just on a boat. Like, sure, it was hot. It was hot as hell. <laughs> Granted, I watched the whole three hours. That's right, this thing was used in the war, but that meant that peppered among all the rich travelers luxuriously sailing to America aboard the Queen Mary, there were dark stories too. Soldiers and prisoners of war that died on the ship in massive numbers. <clears throat> yes, there were many people who never made it to their final destination. Perhaps, most famously, on one day in 1942. <laughs> In 1942, while carrying 10,000 troops to help the war effort, the RMS Queen Mary II collided with her escort, the HMS Curacor, slicing it in half. Because of the threat of the nearby enemy, the Queen Mary was forced to leave the 239 crew and ship to perish beneath the sea. That's right, on one fateful day during the war, the Queen Mary, being the fastest way across the Atlantic, was carrying something like 10,000 soldiers to Europe when it hit an Allied ship and it couldn't stop, so it left hundreds of men to drown. That is the most baller move in the world. Really? Like, I'm assuming the captain was just, like, right up there, like, airpods in. (laughs) (laughs) Like, everyone's screaming, the other ship is exploding, and he's just like... (laughs) Yo, what are you what I want, what I really, really want? Like, having a great time as you, like, plow through this other ship. I mean, this thing must be... I know we said it was, like, incredibly huge, but if the Titanic was brought down by an iceberg, and yeah. this ship is going through another ship and not even stopping... Pretty crazy. That's crazy. He didn't even have to take out one AirPod to, like, hear what he had just happened. Yeah, no, he was literally, like, a hot knife through butter. Like, they just went straight through this bad boy. But this is just one of many dark stories aboard the Queen Mary. There were unusual tragedies, accidents, people going missing, not to mention all the murder mystery Cluedo shit that rich people got up to back in the day. On this ship, we're talking Colonel Mustard, Professor Plum, Miss Scarlet. They're all on this boat and they're all trying to kill each other with a candlestick in the dining room. It's that type of people. Right. And of course, this thing is huge. So... Today we're going to take you on a kind of audio tour of the Queen Mary's most haunted places. Very cool. On a ship like the Queen Mary, looks can be deceiving. Yes, the reception and dining hall have exquisite decor and crystal sculptures. Yes, there is a string quartet playing classical music at all times. And of course, the first class cabins are befitting of the most distinguished guests like you and I. But underneath the surface exists a dark underbelly. This ship was used in war, so where do they keep prisoners? Where do they keep people that were sick and injured? They were kept in places like the isolation ward. Oh, God. Here, people who were sick with horrible diseases were quarantined. And during wartime, doctors battled to save the injured and mortally wounded. I think if, like, if this is something that you have to do on your ship... I wouldn't, I mean, don't call it the isolation ward. Mm. Call it like paradise, sunset palms. Call it the penthouse. Just go all out. Just lie. (laughs) Yeah. 
<laughs> so you know, like someone someone on board is like, <coughs> like you know, feeling a, a bit ill. I think I've got a bit of the sea lung, which is a disease I just invented. Mm. Um, and then you know, you just be like the captain's like, oh, like you, you seem a little tired. Like I think you should you should come down to um the sun to sunset palms to, to Rainbow Village. Yeah. That's right. The nurse is going to take you in a wheelchair and straitjacket to Rainbow Village. And the guy's like, well. I've seen a lot of people go into Rainbow Village and never mm-hmm. come out of Rainbow Village. Oh, it's because it's so nice. They never have to leave. Right, but I I do hear screaming from the inside. <laughs> screaming with joy. <laughs> do you give it a nicer name? That's all I'm saying. I think it's a good idea. Yeah, I guess, you know, this is the benefit of, uh, like, hindsight's twenty twenty, right? This is the 30s. They're just trying out concepts like the isolation ward for the first time. <laughs> Very true. So if ghosts are created by people with horrible, painful deaths left with unfinished business on Earth, here is the manufacturing plant of such ghosts. <laughs> Numerous paranormal investigators have reported seeing and hearing dying patients calling out for help, even ghostly doctors and nurses unable to help them. It's said that even by spending time here, people have got pains where the soldiers were injured, like in their leg or their head. But if you think that's bad, even deeper into the hull, we have an extremely cursed location known as the pit. Again, why are you calling it these things? Like when they're given the tours, do they have to be like, yes, you have like the penthouse, the dining halls, the residence area, the isolation ward, the pit, uh, the devil's asshole, the Mariana Trench, (laughs) which is just where the ship is just open and we just push people into the seawater. This is this is crazy. I'm imagining that whenever you buy a ticket to like sail across country in this thing as well, you kind of run down the options with your travel agent and you're like, so um uh thanks for looking at these options with me, Sally. So uh, with our budget, with our savings, like what do you think we could afford? It's like, oh, uh with your budget, you could probably afford to be dragged along the back of the boat attached to a rope <laughs> for about fifty percent extra. We could probably talk them into letting you hang onto the propeller and spun around. <laughs> yeah. For two weeks, you uh, get a really good panoramic view of the the ocean floor uh, as you go. It's going to be really great. Uh, and for an extra fifty bucks, we can throw in the anchor experience where we <laughs> tie you to the bottom of the f-ing thing. It's like you know what, honey, we deserve this. Let's go all out. All right, <laughs> two rooms in the pit. Congratulations. <laughs> Between you and me, if you pretend to be a German prisoner of war, they'll put you in the pit for free. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, in the metal belly of this shipley beast, German and Italian prisoners of war were held in isolation against their will. Food and water was lowered down to them on a rope, but many died of injury and disease, and when found would just be tossed into the sea, sea burial style. Oof. It's said that you can hear the moans and groans of these prisoners calling out for bread and water, but in recent years the pit has been closed to the public for tours. Is that because it's just too damn haunted? Uh, yes. I'm going to go on the record and say, yeah. Well, we mentioned John Petter at the start, but it turns out there is a long line of similar curse-like stories, like the story of William Stark. Paranormal investigator Tom Ogden wrote about this man, William. On Sunday, September 18th, 1949, the staff captain told William Stark that he had a bottle of gin in his cabin and that he and two other officers were free to go there and have some after completing their shift at 10pm. Stark got there before the other two men and while waiting he found what he believed to be the gin in a closed cabinet and poured himself a drink. Because he had a cold 
Stark didn't notice the liquid's unusual odour, but he knew that something was wrong as soon as it hit his tongue. Upon closer examination, he discovered that someone had filled an empty gin bottle with poison. After his initial panic, Stark was relieved when there were no immediate consequences. He joked about the accident with his friends and the staff captain, but his flippancy was premature. He felt a bit queasy the next day, but the ship's doctor only recommended bed rest. (laughs) By Tuesday, Stark's condition had deteriorated and he was admitted to the hospital. He was admitted to the bit. (laughs) I'm sorry to hear that the bed rest didn't quite cut it, Billy. So we're going to bring you down to the uh, the infirmary. You're wheeling me to the pit. I know where the pit is. I work here. <laughs> I've put people in the pit. We're going to bring you to a little place called... Hurry him to the pit. He knows where he's going. <laughs> and within hours, he had sunk into a coma and died. Oof. And that was the end of Billy Stark. I mean, why is why does a captain have poison <laughs> on his boat, let alone drank all the gin filled the bottle back up with poison it's also kind of funny because i think people sometimes get mad at like people who are into gin and craft beer yeah they're like you're just being snobby no one can taste the difference it's kind of funny the idea though of someone drinking literal poison and not knowing the difference between that and gin yeah if anything they're like they're too embarrassed to say that they don't know it's like oh Oh yeah, oh yeah, that's um, that's, that's a good. What year is this? This is great. <laughs> the captain says, "Signs like he's like, oh yes, it's a, it's a good vintage. Yeah, it's about ten years old. This bottle. He takes a sip. <laughs> this is f-ing poison, man. How are you drinking this? I'm glad you said something because my throat is starting to burn. Honestly, Captain, I'm glad you mentioned it because my nose is bleeding and I don't think that's supposed to happen with gin. <laughs> I thought I was just a lightweight. <laughs> And the list of these kind of weird, curse-like incidences kind of goes on. The first captain of the Queen Mary II, Sir Edgar Britton, died of a stroke just two hours before the boat was due to set sail for the first time. Wow. Two hours. People have even died in recent years. Very tragically, in 2003, I think about 13 people died when the floor gave out and they fell like 30 foot just onto like scaffolding. Oh my gosh. I mean, this is an old ship we're dealing with now. It's been around for a long time. It has. It has. But look, I know how this works. We need evidence. And that's why I'm going to talk about the Queen Mary's most famous ghost, the Lady in White. Actually, as an interesting side note, something we might have to talk about in future is apparently the Lady in White is kind of like a universal paranormal trope. Uh, It's not just confined to the story of the Queen Mary, but rather ladies in white pop up all over the world. I um I used to be a, a camp counselor at a summer camp back in Northern Ireland. Oh yeah, and there was uh this was in uh, it was in Newcastle, Northern Ireland, mm. Tollymore Forest. That was the name of the park. Yeah, um, great forest. It's a fantastic. They filmed a lot of uh, Game <laughs> of Thrones there. Actually, I stumbled into a Game of Thrones set <laughs> in <you>? 2010 <laughs> in Tullymore Forest. Next thing I know, I've got a sword. I think I'm a <laughs> Stark or something. I'm I've literally... got lines. <laughs> I, I just walk in and tell them my name's Kit and suddenly I'm the f***ing <laughs> lead. 
<laughs> Next thing I know, I blink, I've been at the wall for three years. I have a wife I haven't seen, but I send ravens to her. I don't even know if she's getting the messages. I, I'm 18. I don't know if this is my just regular life or if this is how, what it's like to be an adult. But uh, at Tollymore Forest, they have, um, they have the legend of the blue lady. Ooh. Which is, I mean, it's probably a similar thing to the lady in white. It's um, a woman who walks around who wears like a blue dress and illuminates the forest. Mm. And uh, a couple of the uh, camp counselors that I knew quite well have sworn on their lives that they have seen uh, some apparition before. And we actually Damn. went out uh, one one year very early in the morning or late at night and had a little hunt for ourselves, but didn't see anything, unfortunately. Damn. But I wonder if there's like some kind of, you know, connection or pattern between seeing these like female spirits in different colored dresses yeah like what do the colors mean very gonna get to the bottom of this is it just some pokemon shit like the blue maiden is strong against the red maiden <laughs> yeah. and the red maiden beats the green maiden <laughs> and then you know down the line it, get, it gets a little muddier there's like a fairy maiden like a ghost ghost maiden which is really contradictory it's ridiculous one of the maidens just an ice cream for some reason yeah they really ran out of ideas towards the end <laughs> And then you got the Digi Maidens, which are like maidens but with guns. And then lots of other just like from the same era, but just like worse ideas like Beyblade Maidens. And- <laughs> Beybladens! <laughs> they just spin around like mad in the woods. <laughs> Christ. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Kit, when we bottle up our emotions, it can start to affect us negatively. Sometimes it's important that we get stuff off our chest. Tell me about it. I found a UFO in the forest and now this thing is attached to my chest. Jesus, that's an alien. Mm -hmm. All right, I was speaking metaphorically about dealing with emotions and talking about our feelings by using services like BetterHelp. I don't need to talk about my feelings. This thing can read my mind. Therapy can be a great way to set boundaries and become the best version of yourself. With BetterHelp, you can get matched with a licensed therapist that suits your needs. It's online, convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. We're saying they can get things off my chest, like uh, Zonktar here. Don't give it a name. Maybe me and Zonktar can sign up for BetterHelp together. Give it a shot, and whatever it is, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Paranormal Life today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Paranormal Life. Uh, that's right. The lady in white has been reported by many, many investigators and tourists alike. An elegant woman dressed in a white ball gown can be seen at night walking the main hall, sometimes walking to the grand piano, and can even be seen swaying and dancing slowly to silent music in the hall. Ooh. It sounds absolutely terrifying. Yeah, really terrifying. But thankfully... In 2012, an ex-model and paranormal investigator, Valentina Lomborg, was checking out the ship on the lookout for spirits. Wow. 
She wasn't seeing anything just yet, but took a bunch of photographs of her surroundings for research anyway. I guess just to be able to record her day, for sure. check out the surroundings. But as soon as she got home, she started looking through her photos and she discovered something that her own eyes didn't pick up at the time. Feast your eyes on this. Wow. Okay, so what I'm looking at here is a picture taken presumably on board the boat, looking down one of the hallways on board. And towards the end, it's quite a grainy picture, so presumably this is, uh, like, been hyper-zoomed in on a regular picture. It's an extremely small picture. But what we do see is some sort of figure at the back of the hall that looks like they are wearing white. It is, it's quite difficult to see, again, because it's quite blown out, but as far as evidence goes on this podcast, that's pretty damn convincing. <laughs> it's one of those ones where the more you look at it, it's like, oh, that's that could be anything. But I think everyone who looks at it sees it right away. Yeah. Because yeah. also, the bar of evidence on this show is not very high at all. Oh, we all. have to say that. Yeah, of yeah. course. I think on the last episode, we said <laughs> the standard is pretty much a man's word yeah, that we're using we for evidence before. these days. Yeah. And I'll be honest, Rory. I'm pretty glad that that won you over because that's kind of the height of the evidence on this thing. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. It's one of these stories where it's very world famous as a haunted location. I think it kind of almost came to prominence in lots of people's minds because it was featured in like a Time magazine, 10 most haunted locations on Earth. Yeah. And uh, the Queen Mary 2 was listed on there. Lots of amateur investigators professional paranormal investigators have gone to check it out people go there i think it's currently docked in long beach california um it's like never going to move from there it's like permanently docked oh so it doesn't sail anymore it's just kind of like exactly it got retired in the in the 70s i think and has sat in california ever since you can go stay on it i mean there's a ton of stuff i haven't covered on this um there's famous rooms i think it's like room b3 340 or 370 these are supposedly rooms where um, terrible things have occurred wow. and you can specify to rent that room if you want to do some investigation of your own. That's very cool. Uh, there's even videos online of people kind of documenting their stay. The people that run it are very much aware of the haunting situation. Yeah. <laughs> They're aware of people's interest in the pit, in the chambers. <laughs> because it's so um, popular in the hearts and minds of visitors, I thought it would be cool to look up Um, what people were saying online about their experiences. Great idea. And I came across, there's a lot of interesting stuff. I won't go through all of it, but there was one lady's testimony that really jumped out at me. Okay. So on an article uh, about this story, uh, one Patricia V. Davis uh, wrote, Without a doubt, cabin B340 is not to be missed for those intrigued by the paranormal. However, several professional investigators claim that this particular cabin isn't actually the most haunted on the ship. Either way, Queen Mary is definitely a Long Beach must-visit, and not just for the otherworldly experiences, but for the rich history of the ship itself. But then again, perhaps I'm biased. During a business trip, my first stay aboard the ship, before I even knew of its status as a top 10 most haunted place in the USA, I had a paranormal experience that I will never forget. When I phoned my husband and told him what had happened, he thought I'd been drinking too many martinis with my colleagues. His disbelief prompted me to do some research. And that research inspired three novels, all set aboard the modern-day Queen Mary. The first two novels, Cooking for Ghosts... (laughs) Okay. The first two novels, Cooking for Ghosts and Spells and Oregano... 
have won accolades I never imagined. And the third, Demons Well Seasoned, <laughs> is due to be released in 2019. So I guess I can say my paranormal experience above the ship turned into a remarkable muse. Ask me anything you'd like to know about the Queen Mary and a ghost. I can tell you they do exist and they've got plenty of stories to tell. I, 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 <laughs> I was, what is Cooking for Ghosts? The name of the books, just in case anyone missed those, was Cooking for Ghosts. These are in block capitals, by the way. Cooking for Ghosts, Spells and Oregano, and the, the upcoming 2019 title, Demons Well Seasoned. Okay. I thought this was a piss take. And I, yeah. look, I looked at these books up. They're borderline popular. What? what is it what it sounds? I know it's don't judge a book by its cover, but I mean, I'm, tr- I'm trying not to here. I, I, I'm really struggling to grasp the concept. And I, hey. and I have a paranormal podcast. <laughs> hey, it's got uh, 4.3 out of 5 on Goodreads. It does seem to be like a paranormal mystery novel okay. uh, set on the Queen Mary. Okay. So that's kind, oh, that's kind of interesting. Right, okay. So it's probably like maybe from the perspective of the hosts of the ship, like serving food and there's ghosts on but board. why or... spells in oregano? <laughs> okay, that's my Why idea. demons well seasoned? <laughs> that's so evidently about cooking ghosts and demons. I don't know. Why would you say demons well seasoned? <laughs> that's crazy. <clears throat> well, Rory, I've presented you with a bit of a whistle stop tour of the, um, the spark notes, if you will of the thank you i loved thank it you. that was fine that was a great episode the, the queen mary too um it's a lot to digest what are you thinking right off the bat this is this is great you know we we've uh we've talked a lot about this podcast about you know a lot of different things we've touched on uh today ghosts uh ghosts who die while in vehicles yeah we had ghosts on a plane that was That's an interesting true. one um and we talked a lot about pirates mm-hmm. but now we're talking about an actual haunted ship mm-hmm. and it's something that we've talked about in the past you know if a ghost were to die on a boat you know you you haunt that place of the earth where you died and um you know we've thought about the the conflicts between do they haunt that spot on the earth so they're just like standing in the middle of the ocean now yeah. or are they carried along with the actual place that they died which would be this yeah. boat because if a ghost died, if someone died in a car, you wouldn't expect them to haunt the car. But some, for, for some reason, if it's on a boat, you feel like they should probably haunt the boat. Yeah, I guess maybe because a boat is more of like a giant, it's like a hotel or a it's, house. It's like a, like, yeah, it's like a building almost. Yeah. Because, yeah, like, it's, it's like if someone dies in a hand glider, are they going to haunt the hand glider for the rest of time? Probably not. Yeah, I don't know. Or a skateboard? Yeah. Are you forever, like, on the board? Like, wherever the board goes? Doing curse to do sick tricks until the end of time? That's the most, like, bro-ghost thing in the world. <laughs> forever on the board. <laughs> Every time you do a kickflip, it's like, boo, dude, as the board spins. Um, all, yeah. all he wants is to just rest, <laughs> but he just can't. He's so rad, there's no chill. <laughs> yeah, it's a scary one for sure, because... I mean, what we're talking about here essentially is a a, a seabound ghost factory. I mean, yeah. this thing has been through so much and so many horrible things have happened here that, of course, it's perfectly natural for there to be spirits and entities um, haunting this ship. And this is probably the worst place it could happen because if you're having paranormal experiences, you know, a lot of the time the best thing you can do is 
GTFO yeah. and just bounce. Yeah. You know, that's the first thing that happens in every horror movie is- Move house. That is, that's what you should do. Just move house, burn it down and move on. Yeah, we say that. How do you burn down a boat? It's in the f- water. Yeah, and you best have another smaller boat ready before you burn down the big one. I learned that the hard way. Exactly. And if we, because if we've learned anything from the maidens, it's water maiden beats fire maiden. Yeah. You're trying to burn down a boat, it's not going to work. So it's, it's, I really like it from that perspective, because if you're getting haunted on the ship, there's really nowhere to go. I mean, at least yeah. there was. Now it's docked. Now it's docked. I think Long Beach, the, I think the city of Long Beach, California, fucked up in that regard by yeah. letting the boat dock. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, that's see, a terrible You idea. know, they, they were like, oh, wow, great. Like, one of the most famous boats ever. Like, we'll have it. That'll boost tourism. I'll tell you what else it'll boost. Fucking curses. <laughs> It's like, um, uh, you know, when, when, uh, when a pirate ship would dock at a, at a local pier mm-hmm. and the pirates just spread like a disease through your town. Yeah. These are ghost pirates. Even worse. You can't even put up a wall. They go straight through it. Yep. It's a nightmare. I think the only, the only way I could come to a uh, strong enough conclusion uh, to edge towards a yes would be to go to this ship. Mm-hmm. For an all expenses paid, <laughs> fourteen maybe fifteen day investigation. Yeah, where we stay in the most haunted rooms. We eat this ghost food. These seasoned demons. Yes, you know I want to. I want to see it all. I want to swim it all. I want to sunbathe in the ghosty glory of it I, all. I want to stay in the most uh, haunted location, which I probably didn't mention, but it is the penthouse suite. It is the most luxurious suite. Of course, the, the pit, of course, is haunted, but nowhere near <laughs> the degree of uh, haunting that goes on in the presidential suite. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's the best place for us to really start. Maybe work our way down. Yeah, stop at the buffet. Work our way down a little bit, back mm-hmm. to the buffet. Back to the buffet, yeah. We'll do a little bit of it all. I'll actually stay on deck sunbathing for a lot of it because, yeah. I mean, you're in California. You want to get some of that you sun. You want to get some of that golden sun, baby. Obviously. Yeah. I heard the buffet was haunted as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so we should probably check that one out again just <laughs> before we leave. the bar also haunted. <laughs> but it, the ghosts only appear when you've sunk like 11 martinis. <laughs> so we're going to get started on that as well. <laughs> you, you, you just... <laughs> sink your 11th martini and a ghost is like you should write a cooking book for ghosts <laughs> you're like you're a genius that's a really good idea mr captain it's just the actual captain of the ship <laughs> he's like you should also leave please now um yeah i think until we have that investigation slash vacation yeah that's when i'll be able to come down more towards a yes and I don't want to put us on the spot, but we're both going to California this year. We are. Not not at the same time yet, but uh, it's possible. That's a good point. That's a very good point. I'm always on board for some on the field investigating. Mm. I love it. I, I think it's great. I like getting my hands dirty, covered in salt water and barnacles. And goddamn <laughs> chicken wings at the buffet. Yeah. <laughs> Mostly the barbecue sauce. Um, but until then, unfortunately, I think it's going to be a no from me this week. I just don't have the evidence to back up this case. I can't go on the record to say that this place is haunted, unfortunately. It's true. We've got to see those things with our own eyes, touch them with their own mitts. Pretty fascinating altogether, though. And thank you again to Emily McDonald for sending that one in to us. Fascinating stuff. 
Hope you guys have enjoyed this week's episode. If you have any of your own thoughts about the goddamn Queen Mary 2, if you've been there, maybe you've stayed in the pit. Maybe you've stayed in the isolation ward. Maybe you are a World War II era veteran that, that rode it yeah. across the Atlantic. I don't know. We maybe got a big audience. <laughs> Especially in that community. Do let us know at this paranormal life podcast at gmail.com. You can hit us up on the socials, this para life on Twitter and facebook.com forward slash this paranormal life. But as always, the coolest and goodest place to find us is on patreon.com. That's right. Because while socials are cool, you know, we can chat to you. Granted, we can give you the time of day. The only place you're going to get more content the only place you're going to get those sweet golden nuggets of episodes is on patreon.com yeah. forward slash this paranormal life, where from two bucks a month, you can get access to shout outs, bonus episodes, merchandise. It goes on and on. We don't run advertisements on the podcast. This is the only way that we keep the thing going. And by Jove, we've kept it going for nigh on two years now. What's two? Is that, re- is that right? Almost in May. Oh my goodness. What the damn hell is that? And I will say, you know, um, the uh, joining the Patreon is the gateway into the, the fast track, really, into the paranormal commune, yes. which I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it right here, folks. It's full. <laughs> we're full. We underestimated the amount of people that wanted onto this bish. That's yeah. why we're looking at renting out a, a paranormal ghost ship that we can all just leave on. Um, so, you know, send your applications, but we are burst the food hall is a nightmare yeah it is and we're uh actually kind of looking around the world different how different countries work we're taking a lot of leaves out of the book of people like um donald j trump you know his kind of uh isolationist policies we're we're talking about walls talking about travel bans (laughs) uh we have to contain the amount of people we have we can't let anyone in we do not have the resources yeah they're ruining they're tanking our economy (laughs) All these commune freeloaders. We also can't let anyone out because they've all seen and heard too much. Um, so it's yeah. really like, it's just, we need more of a dome. Yeah. You get your passport shredded on entry to the commune, that's for sure. <laughs> and branded with the paranormal passport of shame. <laughs> I meant pride. Sorry, Cammy, cut the cut the first one in the edit. It's called a pride port. <laughs> Whenever they enter like our customs, <laughs> we're like, oh, a passport for identification? They give us their passport. We check it. We hand them back a fake passport. They're like, I'm sorry. Oh, welcome to the commune. All right. Woo. I love that they like put all their bags and cell phones and stuff on the conveyor belt they think it's going to be x-rayed but it just goes straight to a shredder They're like what the hell it didn't come out the other side oh, you signed weird. up to this you signed up to this i think it's a bug or something why don't you go in and we'll send you your bags uh send your bags and we can retrieve them i can feel the heat from the incinerator you know, i probably got lost in transit uh that's right uh <laughs> patreon.com forward slash just paranormal life is the way to support us. Um, I also recommend checking out the Secret Society. Some yeah. pretty cool folks hang out there. Um, and we have a Discord. There's just so many ways to hang out with um, commune members. It's so a great community. Get involved. Check it, out. check it out. And at the end of every episode, we like to take the time to shout out those who have helped us on Patreon. Right here on the podcast. Let's go. A special thank you to Santino Lala. Mi amigo Santino. Thank you for la... La dinero. <laughs> wow. Mucho gracias. You absolutely failed your GCSE Spanish. Yeah, sir. I did because I wasn't very guapo 
in my lessons. Um, I needed to find the biblioteca, but I, I just couldn't. I simply couldn't. Uh, so hopefully Santino got a little bit further than I did and picked up some GCSEs. Thank you for your support. <laughs> I think everyone did more than you did. Well, yeah, I did one and I failed it. You know you're supposed to have ten. Yeah, but I wanted to pass muy muy rapido. <laughs> So I thought if I just do one, it would be quicker. At age 16, I was very much in a rush to go nowhere. Thank you, Santino. Thank you also to Killian Maher. I heard this guy donated one billion trillion killion dollars. Whoa! <laughs> the highest amount of money one possible. One killion dollars? One killion dollars. Which I think is just when you... Uh, upload a Trojan virus into an ATM and it distributes an amount of money that is just it can't even be displayed just matrix code bleeds down the display unit and it's deadly whatever it is yeah I think it actually took money from us yeah because it's like a wild card um, so thanks for the Killian <laughs> dollars um, we're broke now <laughs> Uh, I hope you got some of that in return, uh, but thank you for your attempted support. Thank you also to Dento Show. This dude loves musical theater. You know, he, pl- he plans the whole night. First really? you go out for drinks, then to the show, <laughs> and then to more drinks. <laughs> <laughs> that's, it's actually not really about the show. brother, I think. Danto more drinks. It's like... He picks the shortest shows possible. It's more about the drinking. I'm a right, little worried. Right. Because I'm like, oh, then then to show? And he's like, no, then to the bar. Then to the bar, then to the after party. Then to the rager. And you're like, when is the, the show? When was the show? That is no show. <laughs> Listen, I'm really excited you're into partying. Um, thank you for your support. I don't know how you've got spare money because you're raging 24-7. But hell, thanks for throwing us whatever you got, buddy. Thank you also. To Giovanni. Giovanni. Or should we call him OG Vanny? Because this was the first freaking dude ever made. <laughs> what? Yeah. Like they changed Adam? it down the line. They changed it to like Adam and Eve. But they originally it, it was Adam. <laughs> it was Giovanni and Eve. <laughs> Holy shit. How many people know this? People think that the first meal served up in the Garden of Eden was an apple from the forbidden tree. Yeah. No. Giovanni was making the pa- the, the spaghetti <laughs> Alfredo, the goddamn spaghetti with clams. Yeah, the meal of sinners. <laughs> they were cast out almost immediately. Uh Giovanni was uh, the original sinner. Um but now He's redeeming himself by listening to the greatest paranormal podcast this side of the Mississippi. So thank you for your support, Giovanni. Thank you also to John Steven. A.K.A. John Tron. A.K.A. Bumble Steve. This guy is the number one Transformers fan in all of the galaxy. (laughs) He collects the toys. He watches the movies. He reads the comics. He tried to transform his car into an actual transformer. He actually just permanently talks in the Optimus Prime voice. Yeah, it's incredibly, incredibly frustrating. It led to the breakdown of his marriage and marital (laughs) relationships. It's like, John, look, this is 
this an obstacle I thought we could get past, but I have to leave and I'm, I'm taking the kids. But Martha, please, I can change. <laughs> no, you can't. <laughs> what, into a car? <laughs> um, so thank you. Uh, thank you, Mega John, Bumble Steve, <laughs> for your for your contribution to the Patreon. Thank you, lastly, but not leastly, to Dylan Shabbat. Dylan Shabbat, half bunny, half rabbit. <laughs> Excuse? Yeah, you thought I was going to say half human, half rabbit. Uh, equally interested in the ability to transform. This rabbit went half bunny <laughs> to create some sort of bunny rabbit hybrid. Wow. Yeah, it's incredible. I guess through that process, he's also gained the consciousness of a human man. Wow. I don't know how that Why? was thrown in there. I don't know. I mean, so half of him is half bunny, is yeah. very cute and cuddly and cartoon-like. And the, the other bit that's half rabbit is just uh, it's just shitting all over the place. There's little <laughs> rabbit pellets. Yeah, I think he thought it would be, the split would be more indistinguishable. It's like half yeah. bunny, half rabbit. Like one half of him has rabies. Mm-hmm. It's evidently mm-hmm. clear. Mm-hmm. One half is is covered in dirt. It's pooping constantly. Yeah, and and you don't want to have consciousness whenever you're human consciousness when you're uh, uh, shabbat. No, <laughs> you'd, ra- you'd rather just be kind of like a mindless uh, bunny rabbit. Um, <laughs> wait, is a bunny rabbit one thing? <laughs> Were they already a hybrid? What's the difference? Answers on next episode. This is bad stand-up. What's the, what's the difference between a bunny and a rabbit? Huh? You get bottled in the head. <laughs> Carroted from the audience. <laughs> wow, tough crowd. Why don't you hop your bunny asses out of here? Why did I perform this to only rabbits? And thank you to everyone who has pledged to support us on Patreon thus far and everyone who just takes the time to listen. You make it possible for us to be here. Um, We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. We will be back next Tuesday with a brand new paranormal tale. Bye-bye. Bye, folks. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.